You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. If you're not winning your street, you shouldn't be over there in Ghana trying to win them or somewhere else. Prove your faithfulness. We got some work to do. And we got to have some inspiration from the Holy Spirit to keep us moving. Otherwise, we'll soon forget the instruction. We'll soon forget the insight. We'll soon forget the revealed will and way of God to get it done because we will lose our inspiration and we'll end up hitting the ground three times and stopping and that's the end of it. You know how hard it can be to learn something new, like a new skill at work or maybe how to play an instrument. You start out slow and awkward at first, but after lots of patience, focus, and practice, you improve and can become quite good. Well, as Pastor Gary shares, the same can be said about your Christian life and witness to those around you. With patience, focus, and practice, and help from the Holy Spirit, you can become more proficient in sharing the good news with others. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Kings chapter 13 as he continues his message, Staying on Track. The Bible says, They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. The preacher can't tell you what God's will is for your life. You've got to find it for yourself. But I can tell you there's a general will of God for every believer. And then there's a specific will of God for you individually. You need, to, you need to get the general down, but you need to find out specifically what you can be doing for the glory of God. And I believe if every Christian were to find out the mark, the target that God has uh, set out for their life, uh, think of God as the archer, you as the arrow, and he's releasing you to hit a certain target. The question is, are you going to stay on target? It's not God's fault if you don't. God aims well. God aims right. God is always true. He's not a liar. Amen. And so you need to be able to receive the insight of God's word. The Bible says the entrance of thy word giveth light. God help the church today of America and around the world that when we receive instruction and insight from God's word that reveals the very will of God for our destination, for our direction, and for our existence that we not soon abandon the instructions that we find in the Word of God and create our own instructions, but help us to go back to the manual because that's base number one if you're going to make it home. Can somebody say amen? When God gives insight, we need to stay on target. It's the revealed will of God for our lives. Not only that, in order to stay on target, uh, we need to pay attention to specific instructions. Look at 2 Kings 13, the last part of verse 18. And he said, take the arrows. Keep in mind, uh, the prophets already told the king what God's will is. Now he's going to give them specific instructions. He says, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. It's very odd. Uh, in fact, the Old Testament is full of odd happenings if you've read your bible you know what i'm talking about there's some uh what we would consider some strange things that happened in the old testament and in the new testament but they were all for a purpose all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for 
reproof, for uh, instruction in righteousness, amen, for, for correction. Uh, and we need to learn what it is that God wants us to know about this particular passage. What was he saying to the king? It was a test. Think about it. He was given a prophetic word that the king should have been inspired by. That the king should have gotten excited about. That the king should have gotten enthusiastic about. But when the prophet told him to go pound the ground, it was a little weak pansy, three little hits, and he was done. No passion, no zeal, no durability. It was a half-hearted step of obedience, basically because he was told to do it, not because I'm convinced he believed the prophet's word. Because if he had believed what the prophet actually told him, that they were going to get victory over the Syrians, he would have been so excited that he'd have been out there and he would have not stopped pounding until the prophet said, you've hit it enough. Can you see that? And so many today come to church today they hear about a Savior that bled and died for their sins. They hear about a Savior that poured out heaven's best for earth's worst. They hear about Jesus uh, who's given a name that's above every name and given all power in heaven and earth, uh, but devoted all of those resources and all that power into you as his prized possession. And yet we come to church and we can't even be inspired enough to go out and tell somebody else about him uninspired, unmoved. The preacher asks you to do something, you'll do it, you'll do it half-heartedly if that, and you certainly won't do it with any longevity. You'll do it just long enough to get out of the limelight, so hopefully somebody else will do it. You don't have to next time. Can I get an amen? Are we real this morning? Oh, God help us this morning to get this concept that whenever we're to stay on target we are not only to receive the insight of God's Word, what God's revealed will is for our life, but we are to receive the instructions of God's Word, which is God's revealed way for us to do it. God's not just going to give you passive thoughts. He's going to give you aggressive action. He's not just speaking to you so that you'll say, that's a cute sermon. He's going to speak to you so that you can go and say, what in the world am I going to do with this? God, help me to not miss my opportunity to put this into shoe leather and to practice in my life. How many Christians today go to church week after week, year after year, decade after decade, unmoved, untouched, their patterns never change, their routines never change, their religious habits never change, the only religious experience they have with God is in the four walls of the church, outside of the church, it's like God don't even exist in their life, but God didn't come just for you to have a cute little sermonette, God came to mobilize you as a mighty army for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, are you going to be a ground-pounding Christian this morning, uh, or are you going to be a pansy that just uh, wastes a little bit of all about everybody's time just long enough to get out of the way? Oh, God, help us this morning to receive the instruction of God's Word and to take it with zeal and with passion. Mm. When God gives insight, it comes with instructions. But the third point I want to focus on now is when instruction and insight come, we should also be inspired. 
already touched on it a little bit. He said, it, said he smote it thrice and stayed. He stopped. He just quit. And God's not looking for quitters. God's looking for people. Amen. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Jesus, at one point, the closer he got to the cross in his earthly ministry, the fewer the followers. Somebody say amen. The Bible said in uh, John chapter 6, verse 66, that many of his disciples went away and never returned. Then Jesus turned around, looked at his 12 and said, are you going to leave too? Because it's easy to follow Jesus when everybody else is following Jesus. It's, it's easy to show up for church when there's a full house and it looks like that's the popular thing to do. Amen. Amen. It's a little bit more discouraging when you feel like you're going it alone. It's a little bit harder to stay committed when there's just a faithful few and it's not that impressive in attendance. It's not that impressive a love offering. It's not that impressive a ministry. And we compare ourselves one with another and the Bible says we're not wise when we do that. Because the strength of a congregation is not in the size of attendance, but it's in the size of your faith. Can I get an amen? And little as much when God is in it, and a little church like this can reach more for Jesus than a church that has 5,000 in attendance. If we will make, avail ourselves in prayer and become ground-pounding Christians that, that stays on target and don't quit. Strengthen the things that remain, Washington Heights Baptist Church. We're going to have our ups and downs. That's never going to change. The attendance some days are going to be high. A lot more days are going to be low. And it's going to get discouraging. We wonder week after week, where are they? And some are sick, and we know that. And some are working, we know that. Uh, but there are some uh, that should be here, Elijah. They're just not here. I just can't help but wonder if uh, they got a dose of religion, but they never got a relationship with Jesus. I'm not their judge. I can't say for sure, but it sure does make one wonder, doesn't it? I also wonder if maybe uh, they got hurt and uh, the church didn't do a good job making reconciliation and restoring a brother back to full spiritual health. Uh, because the Bible says, if a brother be overtaken in a fault, that we which are spiritual are to restore such a one, not rag him out. Not talk about them, say, well, they got what was coming to them. After all, they're going to reap what they sow. They got what they deserve. Just let them, let them leave. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, we'll say. And what a rotten attitude for a Christian that's supposed to restore a brother in Christ. Amen. I'm talking about staying on target. If we're going to build this church, or let me rephrase it. If God's going to build this church through us, then we're going to have to stay on God's mission. We're going to have to stay on target. We're going to have to receive the insight from God's Word, receive the specific instructions that we find in that insight, and then allow that Word to inspire us to be motivated to do something for God. Verse 19 said, The man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Wait a minute, I thought that the man of God already said it was going to be done. And I think this is another problem that we have. We're so spiritually minded, we're no practically good. Well, if God don't do it, it won't get done. Has it ever occurred to you that you're the hands and feet of Jesus and if God don't do it, it's because you didn't do it when He told you to. 
Well, I believe God's going to do it all. No, He ain't. He chose to use you, the human vessel. And if somebody don't hear about Jesus, it's not God's fault, it's yours and my fault. Because we didn't go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. To go tell, love people to Jesus, go tell them about Jesus, give them the house of God, whatever, whatever we got to do to get them under the Word. Amen. This is spiritual boot camp. Amen. This is, this is healthy for us. If you're feeling convicted, the Word's working like it needs to. That Word's like a fire. It'll burn out all the dross in your life. It'll, it'll attack that mediocrity. That half-hearted, half-effort stuff. Amen. You know what you're going to get with half-effort? You're going to get half-results. Everybody wants a full church, but nobody wants to knock on doors and invite people. Can I say that one more time? Everybody wants a full church, but nobody wants to invite anybody. Well, I invite them all the time. They don't never come. So you're going to hit three times and quit, huh? I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to make a point that I see in the passage. God help us not to be quitters. God help us to press on. And I know it's not in the energy of the flesh. I know it's not in religious mechanics because we could get so religiously mechanical that the Spirit of God's far removed because then we become Pharisees in our mechanics and we think that we're doing more than everybody else. God forbid that that ever happened, but there should be a, a balance strike between the receiving of the God's Word and the inspiration to go forth. There should be divine inspiration and the divine inspiration reveals God's wind the wind of god should be alone enough to motivate anybody to serve the lord you know the wind is symbolic of the spirit of god i've learned i can give people insight from god's word brother bunny i can give people instruction from god's word but there's one thing i can't give them i cannot give them inspiration i can't give you that there's something in the heart of man that has to yield to the voice of God in order to receive the wind of God for their soul to move them forward. I can preach till I'm blue in the face. This is the fourth church that I've been pastor of and I'm privileged to be here as pastor and I thank God for it. But I've seen a pattern. People, generally speaking, expect that when we get the right pastor and we get the right music, the church will start to grow and everybody will be happy. Not realizing that God's going to require something of all of us. My talent's not good enough to draw a crowd because I ruin it with my toughness. Amen. I might could deliver a good sermon according to some of what you tell me, but sometimes it's salty and people, they, they, may, not, they may like my style, but they don't like my message sometimes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's, it's going to take more than talent. It's going to take more than the right preacher. It's going to take more than the right music and the right music ministry. It's going to take more than just a little bit of excitement in the air. It's going to take some ground-pounding Christians that wants to shake heaven and earth with their vigor for Christ. That'll say, you know what? I want God to use me. i tell you where you start. You start with your family. And if you don't have a good testimony with them, get it right. Then you can start with your family. Make that apology that's necessary so they know you're not being hypocritical anymore and dishonest. Amen. So you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I want to do right. I can't promise I'll be perfect, but I promise you I'm trying and I want to love you. I want to tell you about Jesus. Start with your family. Start with your neighbor. 
Start with that person. You know, where does God want to move? He wants to move wherever you're at. It's very practical. It's not rocket science. And I don't have anything against going to the mission field if that's what God calls you to do. But I think sometimes we're guilty of spending years to get to a foreign field when we could have been winning thousands on the field that we're at. Nothing wrong with foreign missions. We should do that. We should support that. But I'll tell you this, if you're not winning your street, you shouldn't be over there in Ghana trying to win them or somewhere else. Prove your faithfulness. We got some work to do. And we got to have some inspiration from the Holy Spirit to keep us moving. Otherwise, we'll soon forget the instruction. We'll soon forget the insight. We'll soon forget the revealed will and way of God to get it done because we will lose our inspiration and we'll end up hitting the ground three times and stopping and that's the end of it. And then we wonder why we get half-hearted results. Divine inspiration comes from the wind of God. Mm. And as a result, in conclusion, the last part of verse 19, it said, Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Don't know exactly what that means, but I do know this much. The job didn't get complete. Unfinished business. I wonder on judgment day at the judgment seat of Christ, how much unfinished kingdom business we're going to have to give an account for. It's going to be sad, isn't it? I'm preaching to myself too. Don't think I'll come in here on a high horse preaching Gary Caudle standard. No, no, no. Lord, help. I want to crawl up under a rug right now and hide but we got to do better don't we if we're hungry for it we need to go after it amen how many of you hungry that's not a trick question amen spiritually hungry and maybe physically hungry so much amen <laughs> let me ask you something because you're physically hungry what are you motivated to do after we dismiss go get something to eat you know what jesus told his disciples while well, they're off going to get lunch he was over winning the woman at the well to Christ. They come back with food, and Jesus then lost his earthly appetite because his heavenly appetite was bigger. And uh, by the time they got back, Jesus was the one who sent them for food. They come back, and Jesus like, my meat is to do the will of the Father that sent me. He said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Amen. And some people don't understand a preacher that'll preach 45 minutes past 12. Ain't that preacher hungry? But I got an appetite bigger than my earthly appetite. And my appetite is to do the will of the Father. Amen. And most importantly, to inspire you to do the same. And that's more important, isn't it? Yes. Amen. I got a couple of amens off of that. <laughs> hey, that appetite is the motivator. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. They that hunger and thirst shall be filled. Listen, the, the feeling is for the hungry. And I'm convinced that many churches today are not motivated to do the will of God because they're too satisfied with where they're at. There's no hunger. There's no motivation. There's no drive. One more illustration. I'll close it down. You know why I'm motivated to build a business while I'm pastoring a church over here in Georgia? Because I'm hungry. Because I, I need to supplement my income. It's, it's birthed out of need. It's not a rebuke. It's, it's, we knew this was coming. This was a part of the assignment. It's a kingdom task. I'm not complaining about it. My point is just simply this. A, a lot of things are birthed of necessity. And the reason a lot of churches today are not doing what they should be doing is because they're so satisfied they don't even see the need for it. But what I see spiritually, it seems like the church, Lord help me to say this right, 
It seems like the church is laying there on life support, but we don't even know what state we're in. We're so satisfied in our slumber and in our comfort. We're, we, we are uh, medicated with religion and rut and routine to the degree that we're sedated and in a spiritual coma, don't even realize how close to death's door that church is. And what God wants to do is pull the plug. What is that? That morphine. Take that morphine out of your vein. Wake you up. If it hurts a little, so be it. If it grabs your attention, sobers you up, helps you realize what the reality is, so be it. You fixing to die if you don't seek God and get hungry for a move of God. And the church in America is on life support because she's fed herself the junk food of this world and the junk food of man-made religion. And they think they're healthy, but they're fixing yeah. to die of a spiritual heart attack. And we need to get back to hungering and thirsting after that manna from heaven. Uh, that's that pure bread that has no leaven in it, that has no uh, additives or preservatives to make it fluff up and look prettier or taste better. Amen. Uh, God, just give us that pure, unleavened bread uh, so that we can be spiritually healthy again so that we can be hungry again so that we can be alive again and see God do a work and revive his work in the midst of the year but we've got to get sick of the morphine sick of the sedatives sick of the spiritual junk food that's put us in the shape we're in and get hungry and desperate enough to let God do a new thing in our midst and if we're not willing to let the Holy Spirit point it out and draw us out of it then we'll just be half-hearted about anything we're challenged about and we'll die a slow and miserable death as a church. God forbid that happen. And the challenge is for all of us today to say, Lord, what's my part in this? I want to be a part of the church living on and doing for God. I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. And the wonderful news is God's already revealed His will. He wants to do a great thing. So we already know that God wills to do a good thing. That's half the battle right there, just knowing God wants to use us, amen. That's awesome right there. I get excited just to think God might even use somebody like me. Amen. I still get excited about it. Can't believe it. Sometimes I've had to pinch myself to see if it's even real. Can't believe I have the privilege of preaching to y'all two or three times a week, amen. Just to get up here and to be used of God, I am like a kid in a candy shop. I just love it every minute of it. I don't love all the in-betweens. Sometimes it comes with battles, but I love uh, being in the process of being used of God. Uh, I'm human just like anybody else. I get tired. I bleed. I mess up. Yes, I even sin and had to confess it and forsake it. Sometimes I had to repent with brothers and sisters that I got a little sharp with or maybe had a misunderstanding with, but God help us all to stay on the target. Get refocused. Amen. Don't forget what God said that, that we're here to do. God already gave us the instruction. God already gave us the insight. It's up to us to be inspired. And that's something I can't do for you. But if you're like me, when I was young, I would meditate on that day that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And, and I wasn't even sure if I was hungry or not. I was like, Lord, I... I if, if there's something for the hungry, help me to be hungry. Have you, have you ever been sick and didn't have an appetite? Let me see your hand. A lot of times, not only do we not have an appetite because we're already filled, but another reason we don't have an appetite is because we're sick. We need to pray, God, help us restore our appetite. I can ask somebody to do something, and if God's not in it, they'll do it just long enough to scratch my itch, just long enough to get out of sight. And then they'll avoid me. 
Amen. But you show me a Christian that's on fire for God, that loves the Lord, that takes the Bible seriously, they'll be putting me to shame. They'll be running circles around me, making me wonder why I ain't as on fire as they are. You can't stop somebody that's inspired by the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about staying on target. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.